to have what I think the Lord wants for us tonight. It's a little unusual, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, I'll just tell you that at the outset. So my first scripture tonight from Second Peter, I don't know. Are you able to read this? Are you able to read that, Sister Griffith? Or do you have to look back? When, you, when you're here, you can? I cannot read that. I'm sorry, I'll have to look back here. Second uh, Peter 1, verse 12. We want verse 12 there. Now, wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in this present truth. And let's read on down through verse 16. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by pure, by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this, my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. Amen. And then, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Peter's saying that because you add all these things, and those things that we add are in verses 5 through 6, 5, 6, and 7. I wonder, I hadn't planned it, but I wonder if you could put those up, Sister Danielle. Probably needful to go on. I, I probably should have given that to you. Five, six, uh, First Peter one five six and seven. Second Peter one five six and seven. Praise God, I can get it. And beside this, giving all diligence, add add to your faith virtue, and to virtue add knowledge, and to knowledge add temperance, and to temperance add patience, and to patience add godliness. Amen. And to godliness add brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness add charity. Peter, Peter is uh, saying this, I believe. He's, he's saying um, that uh, because you have added all these th precious things and powerful things to your faith, you are making your calling and election sure. And then verse 11, uh, Sister Danielle, and then we can be free from it a little for a moment. For, an for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Notice the entrance. There is a door. I wonder, are you looking for that door tonight? Amen. We're looking for that door. So I'll title it tonight this, Remember What You Know. God has it all in control. So Peter wants us to remember what we know. He, he's, all, he's got it in control, all the past, all the present, and all the future. Amen. Despite all the appearances to the contrary, because there are so many appearances now to the contrary, you say sometimes, where is God? He's there. He's there. There are three words in, in 2 Peter 2, 1, each of which could easily uh, become a topic for oceans of Bible studies. Uh, these words and their significance rest on the page here 
just like all these words, rest on a page, waiting for someone, to, Brother Rogers, to apprehend it with understanding, waiting for understanding to apprehend them. Uh, does it ever seem to you like everything you read and then you come to know and to understand that it was waiting for you to apprehend it and to absorb it into your understanding and therefore become useful with it? Amen. Uh, so anyone who lacks anything to preach at any time, these three words in this verse, I think, are fodder for uh, a host of, of, of ex exhortation and preaching. They are these words. They are negligence, they are remembrance, and they are establishment. Those three words. Just a moment to think about them. Remember, negligence, remembrance, Establishment. Sister Griffith, tonight you said you will never forget. You've spoken about remembrance already. So tonight I want to talk about the memory and remembrance and or remembering and how God uses it to give us victory. Uh, remember, God has it all in control. Amen. But first, let's talk about negligence. Now that's not a comfortable thing. Uh, don't draw up, but I don't even like the sound of that word. Amen. Uh, why? Well, because it brings certain feeling of uncomfort, Brother uh, Dahl, to me on my heart. Because why? Because I know that I've been negligent in some things. It does make us uncomfortable, but hopefully not with respect to this great salvation. Amen. Uh, Hebrews 2, verse 1, Sister Danielle. We don't neglect our faith. We, we add to it. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. In Matthew 25, there are ten virgins heading to a wedding feast. There are five virgins had not been negligent in keeping their purity. If they had, they would not be called virgins. But they were neglected, they were negligent in not keeping enough oil in their vessel. Amen. The bridegroom chose to come at the dark, crucial hour of midnight because they were not able to replenish the needed oil for light. That oil was for light. The Holy Ghost is for light, Brother Rob. Amen. They were locked out behind the door. It's a parable. And parables have so much more meaning than what is just seen on the surface. All of them do. Neglecting something in your everyday life can be very dangerous. I, uh, it can lead up to a loss, great loss. It can lead up to injury and even death. Don't you know? Uh, I did something not long ago. I left the hose on the outside of the house on all night long. Neglected to turn it off. Brother Rogers, my water bill was through the roof. <laughs> my neighbor said, what's all that water in the street the next morning? She said, <laughs> so that's pure neglect. But, it, <laughs> but if we get in the practice of negligence in any area of life, and it may become the pivot upon which you move from there. Do you understand what I'm saying? You take direction from that. If you neglect to do this, 
it will lead you into this. Uh, and, and, and a pattern is set up. So let one drip, 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 and another drip, drip, and after a while you have a stream. Amen. So living in, in, uh, living in a, con and continuing in a state of negligence with respect to anything when you know better is a dangerous place to be. But it has eternal consequences if we neglect so great a salvation. Amen. Not trying to be a moral agent here tonight. Not trying to be, uh, look closely into your memory or anything of this nation that 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 nature there's plenty of neglect in my life i have to tell you but uh i'm exploring some things tonight about about the remembrance about the memory about these things but volumes of good exhortation i think could come out of all three of those words but the last the last thing and before i do just let me paraphrase the apostle peter he's saying he's saying this he's saying the holy ghost is driving me to diligence to remind you of some things and won't let me be negligent. The Holy Ghost will not let me be negligent. And aren't we glad for that? Amen. Here we have it all the way now, almost 2,000 years. So notice how he uses the word established in verse 12. Is that still up there? Uh, that you may be established in this present truth. Peter uses it to speak of stability. In the present truth, the Holy Ghost is in the church. Stability in spiritual things. Well, what, what does it mean, do you think, to be stable in spiritual things? I, I think that it means, I think it means this simply that you know God is in control. Amen. Anybody like that definition? So much is, there's so much in the Bible about spiritually being spiritually established about being unmovable and unshakable and I've again I have to tell you I've found myself at times brother Murray movable at times shakable I did I hear an amen on that <laughs> uh, or an old me <laughs> yeah so uh, but I'll tell you who's not shakeable and who's not movable <laughs> and that's our lord jesus christ amen praise god and if we establish our life upon his things his his work his loves then we will be rewarded in this life amen and in the life to come what is that life to come it's holy pleasure evermore in life with immortality holy pleasure evermore in life with immortality, knowing that God has got it all in control. Now, that doesn't always bring the comfort that it should because there is suffering. Sister uh, Kaylee, there is suffering. There is affliction. There is pain. There is sorrow in life. Uh, but the apostle said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. So for this reason of bringing stability to the church, the saints of God, and because Peter would not practice negligence uh, in his ministry, he said, I will not be negligent to do it. 
he, he brings us to this last word and thought, which I want to talk just a little bit more about. And that is uh, still in verse, we're still in verse 12, but the Bible wants us to remember the things we know. Now that, you know, you could say, duh. Don't, but you could do it. <laughs> he wants us, the Bible wants us, Brother Rob, to remember things that we know. Memory is a marvelous gift in, in us. Um, it lets us remember that using two words there, to remember, to reconstitute, if you will. Uh, the dictionary, dictionary definition is simply this. The mental faculty of retaining and recalling, retaining and recalling, rate, uh, recalling past experience. The ability to remember. Amen. Proverbs uh, 10, 7 says, The memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. Uh, that's the word. That's the word. Amen. Uh, Peter writes, remember what you know. I'm going to skip down through a little bit of this here because uh, so my, I, I just tell you my faith, I, what I feel about my faith, that it's established on what I hear, but that it's maintained by remembering what I've heard and what I've seen. Uh, all the teaching, all the preaching that I've heard, that we have heard, that God has used it to start something in us, to 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 move us towards something. So I, I, I actually I did a little math. I multiplied the times years I've been in church by three by uh, fifty two weeks a year, and then multiplied by three services a week, which on average and counting uh, counting count, uh, conventions and meetings and everything else, I think is proper come up with this fact. It's, it's, it's an average, or I mean, it's not an average, it's a, an approximation. 6,708 times I've been in church. <laughs> 6,708 times I've been in service with the Word and the people of God. Now, do you think I've got some memories? And how about you? Brother Minson, I see you shaking your head. Those, you're the same amount for you and, and, and many others and, and some of us a whole lot more. I mean, so do you think we've got something in our memory that, that's, that's good? Something, uh, something beneficial, something that blesses us, makes us a blessing if we'll share it. Uh, now this might be a little difficult to communicate. It won't be hard to understand, but if you can get through my what might be convoluted thinking here, uh, I think there's something in this. So let me just ask, shouldn't there be an equal amount of importance placed in our faith upon what God has said he will do, both, both now, right now, and futuristically or prophetically, and also upon what he has done? Shouldn't that be an equal distribution of our faith? Not only what he's going to do, but what he has done. Well, it's, a, it's an important question because if, if we need to know that, uh, about his glory in the past, we've got to use our memory. 
for the things he has said he will do, we need active believing faith. Our faith stands not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, past, present, and future. What is present and futuristic will become soon memory. Amen. And so the angel said, why do you seek the living among the dead? Behold, he is not here. He is risen. He's the now God. And as much as the past God, as the now God, and just as much of the God who is to come. When you remember what you know, you establish yourself stronger. Amen. You, if you remember, uh, if you can remember, then you can reconstitute a, a faith that's wavering. You can, thank you. I know it to be true. You, uh, you can keep faith alive. You even can reconstruct lost faith. Uh, you can, you can reconstruct it. If I'm the prodigal, if I'm the prodigal, Trouble may be the thing that provokes my memory of a time when there wasn't any. But if, if and, and, well, it could be the plenitude of the things that are in Father's house that may cause me to remember. He came to himself. He came to his memory of who he was, he, where he had been, and where he could be again. From his memory, he realized where he could be again. So God has used and continues to use memory in many, many powerful ways. I'm going to pass over the story of Joseph who was uh, redeemed from prison when somebody remembered that there's a dream interpreter bound up in prison. I'm going to pass over the story of Israel under cruel bondage in Egypt who when God says of himself, I remembered promises I made to Abraham. I'm passing over the story of Daniel, who when Belshazzar's, uh, when, when Belshazzar remembered his, when his wife, his wife, it was his wife, remembered, said, oh, there's a man of God here, and he's actually served your father and your grandfather. And let's get him here. And he interpreted the writing on the wall. When he did that, he put one more notch in the long history of that redemption of Israel and the salvation of Israel and to bring the Jews back to Jerusalem. Uh, I remember another story, and I don't know if how much time I've got, but uh, I remember a story about, in, it's called the book of Esther, which hinges on something remembered. That, I can't say a lot about it. I don't have time. I'm going to have to do like you do on the playground, Brother Budgie. With, remember the old parallel bars where you reach one bar and reach for the other one? Then those guys got bigger and stronger and they reached three, four bars past. I'm going to have to reach past and touch on about two things here. Uh, the Jews were condemned by law, Persian law, by, visa, by way of Haman who was treacherously devised a plan to destroy them. That's the way things were setting. It didn't look good. And then the Bible said that uh, one time while Mordecai sat in the gate 
he heard that there were two men who were plotting against the king. And Mordecai exercised his civil responsibility, his civil duty, and he told them about it. When they found out about it, they uh, hung the guys. They hung them on the gallows. And uh, But then that book, the archives, went back up on the shelf. And you know the story. But then one night, many times, when you think it's over, something that has been so a long time ago will suddenly come on the scene and God will do something. What was at stake here was all the lives of all the Jews. This man's kingdom, Ahasuerus, was from India all the way to Ethiopia. 127 provinces filled with Jews were going to be, were, were going to be killed. Very severe situation, but that night the king could not sleep. And he called for some history books of Persia. <laughs> God's got it in control. <laughs> and he read about that. And he said, Well, now, what's been done for that fellow? And those chamberlains said, Well, nothing. He said, Oh, we're going to change that. <laughs> he said, we're changing that right now. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to set him up. We're going we're gonna to bless him. Uh, well, just at that moment, Haman walks into the room. And the king says, Haman, if I want to honor a man, and Haman's busting buttons off his chest. If I want to honor, because he thinks it's him, right? And uh, if I want to honor a man, how would I do it? Haman gives him his best. <laughs> and, and not knowing, of course, that it was, and, and wasn't very long, the king said, all right, go get Mordecai and do it. <laughs> but I, I could tell more about the story. It's, it's a fascinating story, and it's a wonderful narrative. It's easy to read. I want, I want to encourage you to read it again. But here, saints, you know it. God has got it in control. And uh, there was a new law written. Haman was, or I'm sorry, Mordecai was given the king's ring. Here, Mordecai, you take the ring, you write the law. And Mordecai exalted in that kingdom. And I saw something there I'd never seen before, uh, just by kind of a sidebar to what I'm saying here tonight. Simply that uh, Mordecai came in the captivity from Jerusalem under uh, Nebuchadnezzar. He was contemporary with Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. Now somebody correct me and look at it and let me know. But he was contemporary. He came with them. There he is in the Persian Empire. But uh, I will say again that God uses memory in a powerful ways. Powerful ways. Uh, let me try to thin out here a little bit. Praise God. The law is enforced by police. All right? Brother Noto's not here tonight, but uh, they, become, they become the guidelines for civil peace and safety, that enforcement uh, element of their office. 
And I think that there's an enforcement agency to our faith. And I think it is our memory. And I want to go a little bit further with it, but but what enforces our faith when we don't have our Bible? Isn't it our memory? I believe our memory enforces our faith. It provides the guidelines for continued receiving of truth, which in turn gives us faith when we, we can enforce the keeping of the faith of another by the use of our memory and telling something wonderful that God has done for you. I don't have time, but I was at the funeral for Brother Richard Walters and it's amazing. At funerals, you see everybody you haven't seen. And, and I saw a man there I have not seen, I know, for 25 years, who I dearly love, Brother Lewis Hollis. Brother Lewis Hollis, I was privileged to usher with those old, old men. I call them old patriarchs. There's a few of them still here. Brother Hollis was there. And uh, we shared... We shared some memories. Won't you know this, that my faith grew up a little bit. His faith, because he's kind of busted up now, kind of grew up a little bit. We shared memories. Um, so I think, that, uh, I think that if we don't rehearse or if we forget and we don't tell our memories of our Holy Ghost experiences with God in, in, the, in the church, that... Uh, and even the experiences in young people need to know. They need, let me get this right, the people, the young people need to hear of our experiences. Amen. Uh, Sister Griffith is very big on that, about getting saints, older saints, to communicate, spend qualitative time with young people. And in that qualitative time is a lot of memory, a lot of memory. What are they going to hear if you don't tell them the stories of your faith and the way the things that God has done for you and overcome and how you're still walking with him? So I say the memory is, is, is an enforcement agency of faith. Uh, and let me just give you an example that we don't do wrong because if we are not negligent in things we know, we remember what we know is right. Remembering the right gives us the way to do the right. We don't seek unrighteousness because we remember and know he said, I am holy, be ye holy. I must be holy. My, my memory enforces the boundaries of my faith at times. Is this all right? All right, praise God. I feel like it might be a little dry, but... So in your heart tonight are vivid memories, no doubt. Vivid memories that, uh, that if you remember them, uh, they will make you an encourager, pure and simple. They'll make you a blessing. Uh, and in my life, of course, tonight too, I could, I could give you a thousand illustrations of things that I remember that still enforce my faith. Let me give you a few of them. I remember Sister Sexton. This is the great-grandmother of Rick Walters. This is Sister Hale's mother, uh, who, of course, his daughter was Rick's mother. And Rick has children, six generations of those folks. And I knew Sister Sexton. 
And one night we had a romping service in here. Pastor Urban was, was here at that time. And she said, with a curled up finger, she's very diminutive. She said, Brother Delkey, come over here. And I came over there. And she said, let me tell you something. It never gets any easier. That's a memory that I have. That I have to lead into sometimes. I don't know about you. I, uh, I think you hope you lean into some of these memories. Um, I remember that the Spirit speaks prophetically. One morning here, my wife and I were sitting there on the third pew at that time. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, with no cause, without any previous discussion, Sister Hazel Bailey turns around to me and she says, Brother Ernie, there is no hurt like a church hurt. I thought, well, okay. I get, I think I get that. Well, no, I didn't get it then. Memories. Um, I remember two. I see, I see folks here. I remember a lot of things about folks that are right here tonight. But Sister Irvin, one time you told me something. You told me it comes to pass. I remember that. <laughs> You've helped me. <laughs> Amen. Brother Irvin used to tell me, don't pursue trivial things. Whew. Brother Griffith, Pastor Griffith, my Pastor Griffith, used to say, he said it often, you've heard him, he said, the devil can't tell you the truth about God. That's right. Sister Griffith said, you must see your faith. <laughs> I'm still thinking about that one. <laughs> These are things that I remember. And you have a host of things, of course, that you remember. <laughs> the involvement that you have with family and friends. But uh, then there, there was an encouraging and a hopeful word from Sister Pearl Powers one night. She did the same thing Sister Sexton did, basically, and said, Brother Ernie, she said, I'm... I'm old, she said, I'm elderly, she said, but you know, she said, right down here in my heart, she said, I feel like a little girl. <laughs> How can you lose with memories like that? Amen. When you've got a host of saints that want to tell things and, and, and reflect things out of their life that, that bless you. Amen. Uh, some memories are sad and sorrowful. And if you've got some, there's no doubt you've got some. But, but realize this, that because you're still in the race, those things, they became part of your faith. Those memories, good and bad, have enforced your faith. Uh, if we choose, we can make some memories very vivid. We can make memories of hurtful things very vivid. And we can get lost in the memory of those past hurtful things, those past wounds, those past hurts and disappointments. And we can get trapped in those memories. Amen. That person cannot come out of the past. That person, and until they do, they're useless for the future. In Numbers 11, 5, the, the Jews there, they wanted, they wanted 
fish again. They wanted melons. They wanted cucumbers. They wanted leeks. They wanted onions again. And right there in front of them was manna. See, there's no miracle in onions and melons. There's a miracle in manna. It will hang with it. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> so, change should never be allowed to destroy the good memories of the faithfulness of God. Change is everywhere. Change is not a threat to those who keep truth in remembrance. I'm not afraid of change. I tell you truthfully, I approach it with a degree of caution, as I believe I rightly should. Uh, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of change. I'm for change that brings with it no violation of the things that I know are right and true in God, and I'm sure you are too. Our future on this planet is always changing, and it's changing big now. Amen. Oh, to have about five-hour Bible study. <laughs> so if we have, I'm coming close to my closure tonight, but if we have a future with eternity, we've got to carry memories with us. Amen. God has a question for the people. All the people, his people, us tonight. In, in, in uh, if you will, 49, Isaiah 49, verse 15. Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? He answers the question. He says, yes, they may forget. Yeah. Will I not forget you? Amen. Praise God. He will not forget us. And he's asked that we do not forget him. Uh, if you will, put up uh, Luke 22, verse 19. If you find it hard to remember, never forget this. I brought tonight the cup that uh, Brother Jordan asked us to keep. It's a communion cup. You still have yours. Don't don't raise your hand. <laughs> I brought it. I I keep it right where I can see it because I remember him. I remember him by it uh, in this communion, which is common union with Christ. Communion is common union with Christ through the cup, which he said is, and he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave it unto them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In what? In remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. Someone was practicing a great degree of negligence there, and it was, of course, Judas. But he said, remember me. We keep the cup, cup of remembrance that we are in common union with Jesus Christ when we drink it worthily. Amen. So that's my Bible study tonight. I know it's a little unusual, but I hope your memory is active on things that are godly. Uh, and 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 remember things 
Sometimes it's hard to remember, Brother Steve. You can't put it together. But if you'll get started with it, and I speak to, I speak to a mature audience here tonight. Sometimes uh, you have to provoke your memory. But what starts to unfold when you do that, you find somewhere in the mix of all that walks the one who walks through the candlesticks. It's walking through our memories and reminding us, oh, I was here. Did you know it? I, oh, I was right there too. Did you recognize that? Uh, and, and we tell the stories. We tell the stories. Our, we're told our life is like a tale that is told. And we tell those stories uh, and enrich each other. And let's enrich each other. We don't know what we're facing. I, uh, there are some very, very ominous things that would threaten people who did not have a strong relationship with God. And I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about being in covenant relationship. And, and, and I don't know, I'm a news hound, so I could go on and on and on about it. But there are, some, there are some things that when you look at them, if you didn't have the Holy Ghost, would certainly be frightening. But let's keep our lives together with memories of one another's faithfulness and love. Amen. Is that all right? Thank you for listening tonight.